You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. A tough week for the pound, a tough night for the pound. The British pound was already under great pressure this past week, uh, uh, sparked in by Prime Minister May, Theresa May's timetable for Britain's withdrawal from the European Union and concerns it might prove to be a hard Brexit. But then something happened just shortly after 7 o'clock uh, Eastern. The pound dropped about 6% in two minutes, sparking Bank of England Governor Mark Carney to ask the Bank for International Settlements to look and see what happened. Joining us now is Kit Jukes. He joins us from London, where he is global head of foreign exchange tra- strategy at Societe Generale. So, Kit, I was sitting, uh, I was sitting here on, on, the, on the Bloomberg News set, uh, taking part in Daybreak Asia for Bloomberg Radio and Television, and Sherry On from our Hong Kong office came out and almost at, at the very top of her report said, the pound, <laughs> it's down. It was a crazy move. What happened? Well, you know, I, mean, I was um, I was definitely fast asleep. It's that, that, that's just after midnight our time, so no chance of my being awake with a seven a.m. morning meeting here. But the uh, I, I don't know, you know, that time of day is is when financial market liquidity is it, it's thin and odd because Asia's just come in, so people have things to do, uh, but there's not necessarily a lot of natural liquidity of people who want to say I'll take the other side. So if someone wants to sell a currency or, or anything. Um, you know, the, the market needs someone to come on the other side and say, yeah, that looks cheap. I'll buy that lower down. And um, in this instance, whether someone put in a sell order at the wrong price, whether there was some, some uh, you know, whether a computer program did something to sell something at the wrong price too low or too much, or whether just just the weight generally of people being concerned about the U.K. news all week and by Friday morning, there just wasn't anybody prepared to uh, to bid for something that someone's selling, so the price tumbles, 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 and then everybody goes, "Okay, I'll make you a cup of coffee. I'm not going to join this game," and uh, and it gets out of control. But uh, they'll 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 look through it. But I'm you know we'll call it a we'll call it a fat finger or a flash crash. Um, but um, they're always the way around that the market was going before we started. That that's a feature of these flash crashes. Kit Jukes, uh, am I to believe that the central banks around the world, let's just leave the Federal Reserve out of this for a moment, are trying to devalue the currencies of their respective regions in order to promote economic growth? Uh, I don't think anyone's trying to devalue their currencies very much at the moment. They're trying very hard to make their currencies not go up. Marginally different kind of spin on that for you. But at this point in time, you know, the European Central Bank doesn't want the euro to strengthen it, having weakened. the. Uh, I noted that, uh, that the authorities in Brazil said they thought it was about time the Fed raised interest rates, as in we really don't want our currency, which is the strongest currency in the last week in the world, uh, to go up any further. Thanks. So trying to get their currencies to weaken, you know, trying to prevent or hoping or wishing they wouldn't get any stronger. The reason I put it in that, in that context is I'm wondering whether you can make a case for the British electorate having done the work of a central bank by working to devalue the currency and also help to stimulate exports and investment in the United Kingdom. I, Definitely. Look, you know, in, in, um, I'm, I'm sure that, that somewhere in, in my undergraduate years, more years ago than I care to think about, you, you'd have looked <laughs> at the situation and said if you had a negative terms of trade shock, which the U.K. has decided to vote for and the U.K. government has, has decided to make happen, uh, you will naturally need a, a fall in your exchange rate to reach a new equilibrium. I'm, I'm sure I can see a picture of that in a textbook in my mind. 
And um, by golly, we're trying to make that textbook work right now, and we're all pulling the same way. So uh, a, a weaker pound is a necessary outcome of a terms of trade shock, which is what to, to me is what happens if you stick a spanner in the spokes of the uh, of the wheel of your global trade partners, ruin your or significantly damage your biggest trade relationship and sit there hoping you can stay on the bicycle without falling flat in your face. Now, um, the dollar rally, and of course that means other currencies are weakening, uh, seems even more in, in place since this jobs report came in strong enough to solidify this view of a December rate hike. But we just had a guest, uh, Tom Gimble from LaSalle. It's a, a, you know, an executive-type hiring search firm, um, say – echoed by Ethan Harris of Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. He's been on an 18-day trip around the world that for domestically and for a lot of people overseas now, it isn't so much the Fed they're watching in the next few weeks. It's the outcome of the election. And the idea seems to be if Donald Trump gets elected, look out because it's a huge uncertainty. What would that mean for the dollar? Back to front for the dollar because you're the world's biggest reserve currency. If if um, if uncertainty about the economic outlook in the wake of the of the presidential election results in investors being skittish, scared, risk averse, they'll sell those Brazilian real, they'll sell uh, Asian currencies, they'll move out of all the assets that they've been buying that had higher yields, and they'll revert to the safest thing they know, which is something at the front end of the U.S. Treasury curve that that's cash or cash like, and the dollar will go up, not down. Uh, and that's a feature of the U.S. dollar. So um, I, would, I would bet that, that, a, that a Donald Trump uh, presidency is, um, is good for the dollar against a whole load of the world's biggest countries. It's bad for the Canadian dollar and the Mexican peso, which between them are uh, nearly a quarter of the trade-weighted uh, index of the U.S. So nearly a quarter of U.S. trade goes up north or south. Thanks very much. Kit Jukes, Global Head of Foreign Exchange Strategy for Societe Generale, joining us from London. This is Bloomberg.